This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are well off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Shana Fine joins me in talking about a murderous singing plant and a poker game gone horribly wrong with Little Shop of Horrors and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Welcome! Yeah. Um, so before I pressed record, I had to remind myself to press record because I was already starting to like talk excitedly about these movies. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed rewatching these things and especially Little Shop of Horrors. I'm just like, why don't I watch this movie more often? This movie is great. The best. It is. It is. Um, I honestly think I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but I think this is the first musical I've ever liked. And yeah. also still my favorite musical. Wow. So yeah. like, I don't know if it's my favorite. I feel like maybe Miss, well, tie between Miss Saigon and Legally Blonde. <laughs> Which is a great <laughs> musical if you haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, like it wouldn't be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen either. So I don't know. Yeah. you got to see both of them. Very different. Yeah. But like I said, I'm not I'm not a big fan of musicals. So I never I don't really hunt them down. I'm not like, oh, I have to see this and I have to see this. I mean, like one of my other favorite musicals was like The Evil Dead, the musical. Yeah. I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so I always see those like um, the non-usual kind of like off kilter musicals, you know, the Toxic Avenger. Oh, I, I saw that one. Partially based on Little Shop. Yeah. But also Toxic Avenger, the musical was not very good. Like. <laughs> Like, I don't think music great, but I don't know. But I think that's how you find a good musical. Like, you remember the songs and you like you walk out and you're like humming at least one of them. And you're like, oh, this was so great. But with Toxic Avenger, I walked out and I was like, yeah, okay. And you can't, I cannot. Like, the Toxic Avenger. I don't remember. (laughs) I remember, but it was so good. I don't know. I literally remember as soon as the, the thing was over. Except for the, so I don't know if it's the same with every version, because I know this was like, Toronto was like the third stop, I think, when they did Toxic Avenger, but the stage was essentially a, like, I don't even know how to, was like a wheel almost with like three sections and three sections, each section was a set, a different set. And so when they'd move through spaces, like this wheel behind them would turn, then they'd walk into that area. And that's the one thing I remember about it. That's it. That's literally all I remember about Toxic the Avenger, the musical. I remember it being funny. I don't really remember why it was funny. Mm -hmm. Coming out thinking that was funny. But that's what, but see, this is why I think it was bad because you can't remember anything about it. Well, funny something. There's a lot of (laughs) things I've seen where I remember zero. (laughs) (laughs) Like usually if I, if I enjoyed an experience, I remember like, aspects of like the story like the thing yeah whereas with this like I'm like I know Toxic Avengers like what is it a guy who fell into like a toxic swamp or something I think so I think it was like a it was like a 
factory where there was some kind of toxic chemical. Yeah, like the thing is, I've watched the B movie right? and I watched the musical. I can't remember anything about it. I this think it's a problem. love story. Yes, there's always a love story part of it because yeah. like the blonde, pretty girl who's like the cheerleader falls in love with them or something still. Yeah, Aubrey character. Yes. <laughs> basically yeah oh well yeah exactly but you know audrey is much better yeah i gotta say um i think before i i was also saying that um i remembered everything about this movie everything little shop yeah yeah and i did not mind that at all rewatching it Mm -hmm. i don't know if it made it better but like the song would start and i would just start singing along and like yeah you'll be a dentist you know like the whole thing and i'm like oh this is so good so good yeah i think sometimes the movies you see when you're well i saw it in theater like as a grown-up but i remember watching it as a kid like over and over again i think that sticks with you too right and now like the kids who are growing up watching frozen a thousand times or in canto Mm -hmm. they'll probably remember that forever but i don't remember seeing this as like a kid i would have been it was a while. Like, I would have been probably a teenager when I saw this the first time. So I wasn't, like, young. And I definitely didn't see it in the theater. And I still remember when I first watched it, I'm like, oh, that was great. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. That was cool. It's just such a good character. I don't know. You, it, you wouldn't think that, like, a terrible plant would be so entertaining. But somehow, I think it's the music. I think so, too. The music definitely says that what, what the... The thing I found interesting about it, which I didn't realize, like I knew this was a stage play before it was a movie, yeah. which was fine, but I didn't realize that it was a movie, then a stage play, mm-hmm. and then they made it into another movie. I was so confused by all of that when yeah. I found that out. And, now and, Jack, you, well, and Jack Nicholson's first role was in the B movie that yeah. this is based on. Yeah. Well, the B movie was good too, but I think this one was better. This is like the classic. Mm-hmm. Even the stage play. Usually the stage play is better than the movie. I don't think this was. No? No. Well, oh. because, you can't like, Rick Moranis and Steve Martin, like, that was such a moment in time, you know? That is true. Yeah. And even, like, I, I, no, I did forget one thing. I forgot John Candy was in this. And so when he showed up as the, the radio host, I was like, that's right. amazing. Yeah. 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 That's a good cast. Um, I do love, yeah, I do love everything about this movie. Like, I don't know... I know there's nothing to critique. Really. There isn't. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> Even though it's like campy and silly, the good guy wins in the end. You get some good like blood. Yeah. And saying women in the street, it's all happening downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's true. Like I, I'm sitting here trying like, what, what do I talk about? Do I just keep going? Like, it's really good. You should watch it. It's good. It's good. Watch it. You'll love it. It's so good. I can't say that for 20 minutes. Like that just seems weird. Well, so I started to tell you before, before we hit record, I went and I was in summer camp as a kid. I went to Jewish summer camp. Shocking. Some <laughs> <laughs> plays every summer, but they were always like a Jewish version of a play. So we put on Little Shop of Torahs. Oh my and God. I still have the t-shirt. <laughs> I still wear it as pajamas. Never in public. I don't think I ever wore it in public. <laughs> like downtown, that was my role. I was pretty proud of it. Um, that's a very good role. I love it. Yeah, I love the the three chorus, the three chorus singers or whatever. Like they're so, like they they make a specific tone to the movie as well, <laughs> where it's just like, 
like you know it's something relatively I don't even know how to put it because they skirt this line so perfectly that you're just like wait like is it serious is it campy is it supposed to be just a giant joke or is this supposed to be, is right. like a real reflection of our society because they do touch on a lot of like very dark things in this movie like just like from the start you're just like wow that's interesting yeah um but there's adoption poverty social status domestic abuse loneliness and like is it it's sadism right if you like hurting people yeah masochism if you like being being a dentist but yeah yeah Yeah. well it's both sides of those things right and it's just like vengeance it's all of that right yeah yeah. But I remember, I think that was the first movie I saw where I saw, like, the domestic abuse so clearly, but done in sort of this, like, funny, campy way. And I remember even at the time being like, whoa, that hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting. Well, yeah, like, I was watching it, too. And, like, I remember that scene, but rewatching it now, like, Audrey's being hit by this dentist dude because she fell off the motorcycle and mm-hmm. and she's he's like calling her like an idiot you're so stupid you better open the door quickly and all this kind of stuff and he like i mean they don't actually show it they show it as a shadow hit right. her, him her hitting her but at the same time i was just like oh that's a lot heavier than i remember it being and maybe just like as an adult you just kind of understand it more or, or something yeah but oh wow like it's so heavy but also I think it needs to be right because then it sort of justifies killing him. Like yes. he needed to be that bad that they're like, yeah, okay, plant food. It's true. When he gets killed, I don't feel bad at all. I'm like, yeah, you deserve that yeah. is what you get. Nobody, nobody's rooting for him. I don't no. Think. no. I, and I mean, I, the way they do it, it does really work where it just like it switches your audience mind into like, oh, no, I'd kill him, too. I understand yeah. all of this that's happening. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. But then when he kills the boss. Right. And the thing is, the boss could have gotten away, but then he decided to be greedy. So then it didn't feel as bad as well. And I'm like, well, that's what happens. You know, if you're going to do the right thing. If you're going to do the right thing, do the right thing. Be a good person. Otherwise, you might might get that to a plant. Yeah. And space alien plant might eat you. Yeah. Well, there's other worse ways to go. Although, I don't know. It's pretty brutal. He was chewed up alive. True. Yes. True. Compared to the dentist guy who technically killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like the first killing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have a problem with the chopping. Precursor to Dexter, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is a much better way to get rid of bodies than just wrapping them in plastic. Yeah. Much cleaner. Although you would hope I always kind of wanted the plant to like bloom or I don't know, give flowers or fruit or something back in the end. None of that. Well, he technically kind of does. Yeah, but remember at the part at the end, just before he gets killed, he's got the buds, which is more heads, and then they blow up the store. But um, when uh, Audrey and Seymour move into their house, they show like the little plant in their front yard. I was like, oh, he multiplied. We should be worried. Well, yeah, it wasn't like a pleasant, like, oh, look, this just turned into roses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did like it when I first watched it, but no. But when they're tiny like that, they're much cuter. So I was okay with it. Thank you. Yes. 
just eat little people about them. <laughs> <laughs> they were just bugs, which is okay. Yeah, yeah, eating bugs is fine. I'm okay with bugs. No mosquitoes anymore. They're like Venus flytraps. It's good. Okay. I can yeah. see somebody would look at a Venus flytrap and turn that into a B-movie, though. It's pretty weird. Have you ever seen a Venus flytrap in real life? Um, I've seen tiny ones at, like, a garden store. Yeah. But not, like, full big ones. Big, like, I don't know, half the size of my face ones. Oh. Fully, like, eat a fly. <laughs> it's very weird. Huh. Okay. <laughs> no, we're mammals. I'm used to eating things. But somehow seeing a plant do it. It's not right. Well, because it makes you think like maybe I'm not at the top of the food chain. Maybe I gotta watch where I'm going more or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Audrey too is whatever. Like (laughs) when we get to like Audrey like eight. I'm waiting for that movie. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't know if they put I wonder what they would do if they did a sequel to to Little Shop of Horrors. A they'd ruin it. It's yeah. fine yeah um but i wonder what like like the plot would be like do you just follow up with like audrey and seymour and like, the plant like, in the front yard's got bigger yeah or maybe like, it's like war like, of the worlds right maybe yeah um or maybe it could be like war of the worlds where it's like um you know there's an invasion happening i don't know or the dentist comes back as a zombie Ooh, that well, that could that be, be interesting fun. as well. Then maybe Aubrey actually, or Aubrey. Why do I keep saying Aubrey? Audrey gets to be the hero this time because <laughs> you do. That's the one part of the movie that didn't super age well. Although you understand that she's kind of a battered woman, wasn't maybe the strongest female character. No, she definitely <laughs> is. Yeah, she's very uh, one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, but I think. It has a lot to do with, along with the like domestic d- abuse and all that kind of stuff. She doesn't think she's a good person right. and she doesn't deserve her happiness. That's why she's like, I'm going to stick with this dude who beats me up because I deserve it. And then when Seymour sings for a beautiful song, um, she realizes, you know what? No, I deserve love. I deserve caring and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's surprisingly quick after her boyfriend disappears and she's worried and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's the power of music. It is the power of music. <laughs> it's true. Maybe that's what our society needs to yeah. like heal and get better. It's just people need to break into song. Just only communicate in song. Yeah. That would be my preference. I don't know how I could do it. I mean, I could hum along something, but coming up with those lyrics real quickly would be <laughs> whew, difficult. It would just be like, Whatever you're saying, you'd say it in a song. (laughs) (laughs) That just reminds me of that episode of uh, Scrubs where this lady hits her head and everybody around. Yeah. And then everybody's just singing songs the whole time. Oh, good. I would want to live in that society. I I wouldn't want to get myself fixed after that happens. I'd be like, this is great. Did you ever, did you watch Schmigadoon that came out last year? I have not, no. Enjoy Schmigadoon. Yeah, no, I don't have Apple TV, so I never got around to it. I'm sure it's somewhere. It's it's worth watching. Yeah, okay. Because what else, people have been telling me about all the Apple shows. They finally have content. Yes, there's been people. Yeah, and people are just like, oh, you have to watch like Foundation. And you have, I really want to watch, um, Oh, what's the office one with Ben, uh, like Ben Stiller and Adam Scott and stuff? 
Severance. Severance. Yes, I really want to watch that. A very long time. Really. So good. Okay. All right. I just finished season one, and I'm going through withdrawal. Okay. So. <laughs> I have to get through that one. I have to find that one somehow. Maybe I could like hang out at my friend's place one day. Like, oh, let's watch this show. I wonder what it could be. I don't know. Oh, it's ten hours later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't expect any of that. Okay, bye. That'd be a good day. I'm down for it. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, I'm finally catching up on a whole bunch of like different shows I've been watching lately. And um, so I'm finally getting around to to finishing them. Um, so I did the second season of Upload. Mm-hmm. What else did I watch recently? Oh, I kind of embarrassed to say this, but First of all, friends begged me to watch this show and now I'm just into it. And I'm like, I have to see what happens. So I watched the second season of Bridgerton. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and well, people are people are really bitching that there's not enough like there's not enough sex scenes and stuff. Like, but I'm like, but it's really good. It's actually solid storytelling okay, this well, season. But that's not what the show is. Oh, come on. Actually- Jones all of a sudden was just chatter. No, that's <laughs> what you promised me in season one. I don't know. I like the second season better than the first one because it didn't depend on the sex scenes. So yeah, like, I didn't think they had it. very good chemistry, the two of them. I thought it, individually I liked them. I didn't mm-hmm. like them together. It wasn't really- but that's why I really enjoyed that they were like separate most of the time. Mm-hmm. And like they're talking over here and somebody's talking over here and blah, blah, blah. Oh. Um, I don't know. Chip- I liked it. I just liked how naive the sister was. I'm like, how could you not notice this? And then finally, when she figures out, she's like, how was I so blind? I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was super noticeable. Um, What else? Oh, oh, I was watching um, a really weird show called Centaur World. Um, Yeah. Thoroughly enjoying it. I still don't really understand it, but. Oh, it takes takes a while. It takes a while. Um, Yeah. I'm rewatching Lucifer for some reason. I don't know why, uh-huh. but okay. I'm enjoying it. And uh, oh, oh, only murders in the building. Thoroughly enjoying that right now. Is that the that's the Steve Martin Selena Gomez? Yes, it is. What is that on? It's on uh, Disney Plus. Okay, yeah, I don't have that. Okay, that. it's actually really good. I'm not done the season yet, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's yeah, I saw not, them interviewed and it looked interesting. Yeah, it was not what I was expecting. Like, I thought it was going to be like, you know, ha-ha, funny jokes and yeah. takes the whole time. And it's not. Oh. And like, there's like a proper mystery and there are funny parts, but there's really dark parts and all this kind of stuff is going on. Okay. It's really enjoyable. Um, also watching Moon Knight. Um, I think there's a new episode out today. Um, it's one of the few superhero things that I, I literally had never heard of Moon Knight before. Yeah, don't I don't know anything about it. So I'm enjoying watching a superhero thing where I don't have any background. So I can yeah. I can watch it the way most of my friends have been watching like Marvel stuff. Yeah. And be like, no, are they actually good storytellers or do I know shit? But so far, I think they're actually really good storytellers. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying this part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just watching a lot of stuff. Yeah. I just watched. I finished Servant, which is also Apple the new well I guess not new anymore M. Night Shyamalan series sorry I made a face when he said M. Night Shyamalan well the first season was good the second season less so mm-hmm. but 
I decided I saw the movie Old. That was my one movie that I saw during COVID, like um, during a good yeah. time. <laughs> I probably one of the top three worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I decided that maybe that's why, because he was making this good show. So I kind of gave him a pass on that. That's a good show, though. Okay. So I got to put that one on my list as well. Haunted Baby on your list. <laughs> that's the tease. Okay. Um, okay. Very can I just started watching um, Kevin Can Go F Himself. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that show kind of roasts me the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm only a few episodes in, but I sort of like stumbled on it. And I was like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is not what I thought it was. So I'm enjoying it for that reason. But we'll okay. All right. Well, maybe I ha- might have to give it another chance then. Yeah. Yes. I also never watched It's Creek, so I don't have a frame of reference for her. <laughs> probably I do. Way. <laughs> I don't watch Shit's Creek either. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I like I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I tried watching Shit's Creek and I did not enjoy it. I and then people that. are just like, oh, you have to get to season two. And I'm like, that is way too much time to give something to to get into it. Like I can't. That's no, too much. season one is supposed to be better than season two. Yes. I, I agree. Agree. So like I'll give I'll give something three to six episodes before I give up. I gave up Shit's Creek after three episodes. I was like, I am not enjoying this. I was, after five minutes, I was out. Oh, yeah. On my heart, but I don't know. Try again. I know, like, I'm glad why people, that people like it. People explain to me why they like it. It's because of certain relationships and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just like, I don't have time to get to go through a whole two seasons before I like the characters. Like, that's just not, yeah. that's too much time for me. I'm not, I'm not into to that. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. 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 Anyways, back to Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I know we have like nothing to say because we're just like, it's great. I love it. Um. So what, the song that I always sing when I'm walking my dog, the song because I have the, the the album on my phone because I'm a thousand years old, <laughs> <laughs> is a Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, and I don't think that's actually in the movie. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah, okay. it's right. It's at the. It's like the last song he like Audrey two sings. Like the very end. Yeah, it's at the very end. For some yeah. reason, I always think that movie that song like oh it should have been in the movie but it wasn't but it mm-hmm. I always find I think it comes earlier than it does like I always think it comes right when Audrey 2 starts talking which is like yeah. about half an hour till the end but no it's like the last song that maybe that's does. why maybe I was fell asleep at the end it might be yeah um <laughs> I have a lot of movies like that where I'm like oh is this how it no that's not how it ended no <laughs> you're just like Oh, is that the end? I thought this like, was the end. Didn't end like in the cave. No, <laughs> <laughs> they gotta get out on the beach and not sign the thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't remember the beach scene until like two years. Like, oh, <laughs> the thing that always confuses me is the octopus scene because in the director's cut it's there, but in the theatrical cut it's not. And for years I thought I was going crazy because I'm like, there's an octopus the scene. Octopus. I've never seen the director's cut, obviously. What? Yeah. They apparently like the the like the released version. So when they're in what what part is it? Yeah, so it's when they get to the ship and they're all in the water and they're like swimming across, yeah. they get attacked by an octopus. And oh. 
so so this is the thing that always confused me because on the beach scene at the end when they're retelling their their tale of adventure yeah. they actually mention we got attacked by an octopus but you never see it in the movie but uh-huh. it's because uh-huh. that scene was cut but when they re-released it with like the director's cut with like extra footage right. it has this octopus scene so certain channels used huh. to show that pers- version and other channels like- didn't and it was all very confusing yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's a, it's a. Hang on, wait till the end. Yeah, like fans of the movie are just like, we all know about this octopus scene. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. Yes. Made me feel very happy. Yeah, I don't feel like I missed not having an octopus in the movie. But maybe no. that's <laughs> my experience. <laughs> you never know. I mean, it does add a little bit more. Um, like action to that last yeah. segment it feels kind of easy when they get to the ship yeah you know they slide down they go inside they have the uh the little speech about one-eyed willie yeah and then the bad guys show up the fratellis that's it it's kind of boring but all right throw an octopus um, in there it gets exciting yeah yeah well as long as they don't cut chunk out <laughs> chunk is very important Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the whole movie. Yes, he's so <laughs> great. We're supposed to be talking about, but <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Little shop of horrors. I have to say, all of the women's costumes, and to, including the the um, the Greek chorus, mm-hmm. those outfits are fantastic. Yes, Audrey's outfits and those three girls' outfits, fantastic. Yeah. All the men look very like regular, yeah. but like the women's costumes are beautiful. Yes, although there were like the few like street people who had like the not so nice. But I guess that's on purpose. Yes, yes, but I do find it interesting how, um, like, I understand the whole Skid Row thing and stuff, but I like how there's been this like switch in our view of living downtown in a city now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, like it was well known, like, in the 80s and stuff, most big cities, downtown was, like, a gross, dirty, dilapidated yeah. space. Whereas now, that's where all the fancy buildings are. People want to live there. They're paying crazy amounts for rent and stuff yeah. because everything's been, um, what's it called? Gentrified. Yes, gentrified. Um, so, and then, like, all the rich people are now in those, those areas. And like, I feel like now, like with COVID, everyone's moved back out to the burbs. There's been like this whole kind of, right? Didn't they call it like a big exodus away from the city? Yeah, but isn't that yeah. more to do with the fact that they don't have to be near their work anymore and it was cheaper? I think so. But I think yeah. there's still a little bit of that like white picket fence thing for some people. People want space. People want space. They want to have that little fence in the little yard and the sort of picture perfect you know sorry and all the furniture covered in plastic to keep it clean yes <laughs> i love my that par- part of the song parents had that in the basement mm-hmm. my mother's parents all the furniture was covered in plastic forever it oh didn't yeah ever yep and i remember when we sold the house and people came and we did like a big sale and somebody bought the furniture and they like unzipped the plastic <laughs> and my whole family was like oh what is happening <laughs> Unzip it. Like you have to do that outside. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
They're like, it's too much. We can't do this. That is that is not allowed. Ever covered in vinyl. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. I think especially all of us who were born in the 80s, all of our grandparents had everything covered in plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all my grandparents had everything covered in plastic too. Um, and if that plastic ripped, oh, you were in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, nope. my God. Yeah. Zipped it. Big trouble. The worst part is, so I'm from Trinidad, a Caribbean country. Place gets hot. Oh, Sitting yeah. on those things were unpleasant. Sometimes they were so unpleasant because you would just get stuck to it. And you're just like, and yeah. I can't move now. Or you'd like put your hand on it and it would like burn your hands. Yeah, because it's just so hot. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, torture! It was great for like the 10 second rule. Yes. Like, soup on there you still be good yes exactly yeah uh the amount of kids that used to be running around I think it was very necessary to have all that on everything because we definitely had like um so so they were also very into like doilies and stuff so they'd have like wood tables yeah have a layer of plastic and then like 35 doilies covering every like (laughs) square inch of it you know so it's like you spill something that goes in the washer that gets wiped down you're fine everything is good yeah. Um, so yeah. So things definitely did last longer. Yeah. Well, it's true. I think people valued things, and it, although I don't know what the trade-off is of like never sitting on the actual cloth seat. But <laughs> yeah, I felt like um, I don't know. Like you never got the act to act to use the actual thing. You know. Yes. If it's like covered in something that you're like you're not. It's like getting you know, like a chair in a box. And then instead of taking it out of the box, you sat on the box. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, you got to take it out of the wrapper. Some friends growing up had like a fancy room mm. that go in. That was just for fancy guests. Yeah. <laughs> Not for children. Oh, my parents had one of those. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. My, my parents tried to have one and it was not, we read messed it up. We made it not fancy, but uh, we had the, we had the family room in the living room. You yeah. never sat in the living room. Yeah. You know, that's and that's, for sure. yeah, and that's where the expensive stuff was. Uh-huh. Um, and then the family room was just like two pieces of wood and some cloth on it, and you just like ran all over it all the time. It was fine. You made sports <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do not touch the lamp in the big room. Uh, it's true. We only got to sit in there when we have like special visitors, or yeah, you have to yeah. pretend like you're so comfortable. But really, mm-hmm. sat in that chair before, so the whole time you're thinking, "Oh, this is fancy." Yeah, you're just like, "Oh, is this what this feels like?" Well, this is actually not too bad, and like it's all very springy and bouncy because nobody sits on it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. We actually still own one of the chairs from that fancy room. My mom still has it, and that chair is probably a good twenty-five years old now. But it's yeah. still in a really good condition because nobody <laughs> sat on it for 15 years. <laughs> Is it covered so, plastic or it's out? Oh no, it's out. Oh, it's oh. out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's out. Um, but yeah, like the only damage on it is because we used to have cats and they like ripped up the front of one part of it. And she's like, this is, this is why this is what happens. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know. My, my grandparents now would be horrified by my couch. Yeah. Like it should be covered in plastic with my dog, but no, it's not. <laughs> no, I think, but that's the thing. Like you just, it's part of your daily cleaning or weekly cleaning yeah. routine. You just vacuum it or wipe it down and you're good to go. Like, like you, I want to see the thing. I want to use the thing. That's it. I just want all plastic furniture and then I don't have to worry about it. That's true. That'd be good too. Everything Keep just like slides off the room. I'm good. 
I think that's possible. That's totally possible. Yeah. As a person who's been recently shopping for a lot of furniture and stuff, I have to admit, a lot of that plastic furniture is like designer, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and it is crazy expensive. Yes. The ghost chairs. Yes. Ah, They're very pretty. They're very nice. But one chair is like $400. No. Yeah. No. That is too much money. Are you paying hundreds of dollars for something that looks like it's not there? Yeah. Or I can go to Ikea and get a chair for like 50 bucks. It's fine. And I love Ikea. It's a weird thing. I have a problem, I think. I'll make it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I have so many Allen keys. Oh, my God. People are like, where's your toolbox? Here's my toolbox. It's like, it's a screwdriver. It's a hammer and 65 Allen keys. Possibly more. (laughs) All different shapes and sizes, but all from the different pieces of furniture I've had to put over together throughout the years. I'm like, why not keep them? Because because you can buy like those Allen key like sets that have all the different sizes, but that's just being an extra like 30, 40 bucks. Have you ever actually gone back and fixed a piece of furniture with an old Allen key? I have, like with moving and stuff, like you pull it apart and then you gotta put yeah. it back together. I've done that before. Um, but I like keep them, but they're in a bag. Once they're in the bag. <laughs> Like, never see it again if the furniture dies it just dies I, just I, dies. I agree but it's one of those things like i have like power cables from phones from like 15 years ago and i'm like i can't throw this out what if i'm gonna need uh, yeah. a usb whatever cable at some point they don't make those back in time and then all of a sudden or there's like one picture on your computer from 20 years ago you need yeah. to plug it in and then it's gone what are you gonna do no you have to keep that cord forever yeah yeah i think all of us now have like a box of cords somewhere that you're just like i don't know what any of this is but i can't throw it out something you have to keep yeah yeah Uh. (laughs) see at least we understand audrey and her song we get it i do i i still sing that song i get it but i think i think if they make that movie now her her song would not be about domestication. Like it's, it's fully, I want to be at house and I want to make you dinner. I want to wear a yeah. pearl necklace and I'll have a Tupperware party with my friends every once in a while. I think now would be like, I think it'd still be like, we'll make a family and we'll get married, but I'll have like a really good job and like, I'll go jogging and, or something like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll have my soap making business on the side. I'll be my own person. Like there'd, there'd be something more empowering or like as part of the song. Cook a meal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically the only meal they show in it, they say she, the song says she can bake like Betty Crocker. But mm. when they sat down for dinner, they had like a TV dinner and a tray and she like uncovered yeah. it. I'm like, so what are you doing all day then? But like, I think that was like, that was the ideal, right? In the fifties, it was sort of like a status symbol that you didn't have to cook, that you could actually like afford this TV dinner. That was, everything was pre-portioned and it was supposed to be like this perfect meal. That's true. <laughs> I, I, again, another thing that is completely switched because if you're, if you're sitting at home eating a TV dinner, people are just like, your life is yeah. sad. Yeah. That's sad. I feel like now the takeout is the new tv dinner oh yes yeah like you're like no i gotta get my uber eats or no no i'll order off skip the dishes it's fine you know and then you're just like you have made it but yeah no i did that for three days last week and it cost me like 120 dollars, and i was like this needs to stop i, I know cannot. 
It's so expensive. Last week I ordered like a like a rice bowl. It was forty dollars by the time you added in the tip and the delivery. And then I was like, "What am I really paying for like a twenty cent bowl of rice?" Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me too. And I was just like, I have to like cook myself food now. This is just or force myself to like walk down the street like the three blocks and like go buy the thing and bring it home. Not happening. Doing that alone, like cut, like cuts your costs in half, like automatically. And, and then also, I think the store ends up getting more money too because of the percentage the delivery people take off of it. Yeah, I think actually some of the prices are. This is probably not exciting for your podcast, but I think some of the prices are actually like lower from the store menu than they are when on the apps. They raise the prices on the apps. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. I have definitely done that uh, a research for sure. Yeah. Um, and it frustrates me. So whenever I can, I do actually try to call like the restaurant directly and be like, yeah. hey, can I order this? And they'll still deliver it to you. You just yeah. lose one delivery fee and, you know, they get more money. Sometimes they're a little frustrated. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. But I'm just like, I'm trying to help you and save myself a couple of dollars. I know. Okay? I feel just like we've gotten so lazy. Like, it's just so easy with the apps, right? You don't have to put it on your credit card. Put in the number. Yeah. It's just like, click, click, done. Yeah. 50 bucks. But really? Like, oh. oh, boo-hoo. Poor baby. Put it in the number. You know? I know. Oh. Uh, but yes, one day we will live in a utopian society where everything is perfect and we all have picket fences and food is cheap or free, which would be amazing. Brought to you by little birds. Oh, yes. Can they be like animated birds just kind of floating yeah. across? Imagining like the Cinderella birds. Yes, I am down for this. I, I want to be there for this. Yeah. Down for that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so if they do an updated version of this, that's what she's Audrey's gonna be singing about. Bluebirds and the yeah. running. Yes. I don't know running would be in my ideal world, but okay. No. I don't know. There's something about like you know, like people who have it all get bored, so they exercise or something. I don't know. Yeah, Audrey would definitely do yoga. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or like just like something like she'd walk around with a yoga mat on her shoulder even though she's not doing yoga yeah you know and she'd be like holding her starbucks coffee all the time she's like oh yeah i totally just came from yoga and she did it yeah, she, she would she would pick up dinner yeah on the way home <laughs> on the way home uh, i want i want to meet this version of audrey like i really do i think well, and Seymour too right what would he be doing I mean, would he still be in the plant shop I don't think he'd be in a plant shop. I wonder what job he would have. He'd probably be in IT or something. Or like Bitcoin. Yeah, but how would he get the plants then? Could, well, I guess Weird Plants was just his hobby. So he could be doing all of those things. Yeah. And still bought the plant. Or he has like an NFT version of the plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, imagine. He bought it. He, okay, so he buys an NFT. Buys an NFT, but in the digital file, there's actually alien code that turns into a virus and starts eating the internet. Oh my god! He figured it out. He figured it out. Dentist comes back, saves the day in a surprise twist. Oh my god! I'm down for this. I'm okay. I know I was saying they would ruin it, and I know I was saying they shouldn't do this, but I think I need to see this movie. 
Yeah. Yes. As a like consultants and stuff. Yeah. And they'll just sing talk the whole thing. Oh. Won't write actual lyrics. It'll just be like, and here is the internet. That's it. <laughs> It'll be the whole thing. I'm down for all of this. <laughs> down for all of this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I want to see this. I want to see this movie. I do. Yeah. You do. Um, okay. Before we put more bad ideas in, out there and people ruin things. <laughs> Um, one of my notes here, all the songs in this are bangers. I don't know why I put it that way, but apparently that's what I felt. Oh, okay. Um, it's It's a banger. I know. I'm like, I was really into it or something. It does. It makes you move. It makes you move. Like, I do actually feel like I want to dance to a lot of the songs, even like suddenly Seymour. It's like a solid ballad where you like fall to the ground and like, you know, hold on to the air kind of thing, you know? um and like even like the little shop of horror song it's like yeah you want to sidestep with it you know mm-hmm. the, the downtown you know like like you feel like you're one of the supreme singing that song like yeah like they're bangers you you know yeah. what I mean. you know what i mean yeah um they're all great i love it even the song where he's like retelling how he got the plant you know like walking down the street <laughs> going to chains and all that kind of stuff suddenly there was an eclipse oh so good um yeah like i said i was shocked how much i remembered from this movie because i i easily hadn't watched this movie in like 10 years easily and i fell right into it and then the movie was finished i was like that was amazing i I know it goes fast too i feel like so fast i don't know just brilliant oh and okay so the dvd i have has like this like featurette on like the making and stuff Mm -hmm. and one thing i did not know about this movie was um, so the ending of the movie is different than the original and the stage play ending. Oh, because the, the original favorite. ending, the plant actually wins. Like he eats Audrey, he eats Seymour. Oh. The store is destroyed. Right. And like, and that's it. Like it's a, it's a tragic ending. Right. <laughs> and so apparently they made that ending for the movie, tried to test screen it. And everybody was so angry. Like all of the test screeners were just like, what do you mean you killed everybody? That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't they win? I thought this was supposed to be like a happy thing. Blah, blah, blah. So then they switched it. What year was the movie? 1986. Yeah. It was the 80s. You can't have a sad ending in the 80s. No, this, this, isn't, this isn't like like some weird Norwegian like yeah. think art piece or anything. You can't no. have that. Um, so yeah, so then they made it like a happy ending, like, you know, Audrey and Seymour get out. Right. And they're all happy. But I'm like, all I can think of is like, oh, I wonder how they they like they didn't have like the clip of the the, the original ending, which right. I was sad about. But I'm very curious as to like what that ending would like feel like after watching that. I'd be very curious. Then there'd be no sequel to talk about. I mean, you could, it could just be people, like, it's like Planet of the Apes. Yes, people yeah. retaking the Earth yeah. from the plants. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's what I get out of it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those B-movies, they didn't have a happy ending, right? It wasn't so much about, like, the good of humanity. It was meant to kind of be sort of a, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like a cautionary tale. Yeah, or like, or kind of more quote unquote realistic because just because you're the good guy doesn't mean you're going to win kind of thing. Well, yeah, and in reality, if you had a, a giant carnivorous alien plant, your chances are pretty slim. <laughs> getting out of that situation. <laughs> that is very true. Birds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably more realistic. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad they did like the happy ending. It it made me feel good. I guess that's the whole point. Yes, it was definitely a feel-good movie. In a, it's, but in a weird way when you think about it because like I said it talks about some very dark things mm-hmm. but I guess like I said with the, the, but the music that's a bunch of bangers you can't, can't get yeah. away from that like you can't help but feel good when it's done yeah I'm sure there's deep political commentary but you kind of just walk away whistling you know it's one of those <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's I'll really think true. about it my subconscious will think about it while I sleep but I'm just dancing <laughs> Yeah, as I'm like humming along to You'll Be a Dentist when I go to sleep. Yeah, really. Like if, if you pay too much attention to that song, you're just like, oh, that guy's twisted. But also, like, he'll be a dent. Like, it's just, I love that song. Like, I love the ludicrousness of but that I think, song. I really do think that's like 80% of the reason why I don't like the dentist. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just that song and just that character. Because you think all dentists are sadists and they're trying to please their mom and they're doing that I think of my dentist who's the nicest man, but still. <laughs> and this is why dentistry has one of the highest suicide rates of any profession. And I bet it jumped after that movie. Oh, probably. Oh my god. Yes. They are not sponsors of the movie. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> The movie was sponsored by TV dinners. Yes. Or some kind of candy company. Don't go to the dentist. Eat candy. Yeah. Much better. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just by like a horticulturalist. Mm-hmm. Some sort. But like, ooh, get exotic plants. They won't eat you, I swear. But they might. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll have little cute babies and they'll be fine. Yeah, well, that's the thing. As soon as they get tiny again, you're just like, oh, like, oh, shit, it's big again. And then you're in trouble already. Yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. I really don't have anything else to say about Little Shop of Horrors. I've kind of meandered through it. Just keep going. Just watch it. I think great. You, just, uh, you haven't seen it. You have to. It's an experience that you will enjoy. Yes. Just go look at it. Yeah. And we'll um, be good in theaters, too. I oh, have- I would I would love to see this on a big screen. I would love it. Like, um, my brain just died. What's the name of the movie that everybody goes to watch in theaters that I've seen a thousand times where you throw rice at the screen and it's like interesting. Oh, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, I always yeah. felt like they could have done that with Little Shop. I, I think you're correct. Yeah. And that would definitely be the one I would be all about. Yeah. Um, I'd dress up like either Seymour or Audrey. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, maybe, oh, maybe I would dress up as, so the Greek chorus, when they're not dressed up, like yeah. they're not singing, and they're like, you know, kids loitering on the street, and they have like their little <laughs> skirts and their bomber jackets, I would get one of those. Yes, I think I would do that. Mm-hmm. Or have like a costume change halfway in between and have like the flapper dress underneath and just like start shaking yeah. you know, with the songs. I would be the plant, but yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or maybe just the baby plants. Yeah. So you just walk around with like in like little pot, little plants. Oh, a little. Don't they have like a little bonnet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is something you have to look into since things are quote unquote getting better and we're allowed to go outside now. That's a good experiential event. I think so. I would totally be part of it. I am there. Right. So I'm oh. put me down for one ticket at least. Right. We sold one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, down for it. Um, so, so the next movie we watched was Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yes. Have you ever, had you ever seen this movie before? I've seen it many years ago. Okay. My full disclosure, just watched it before we started recording. So that I could be very fresh in my mind. Okay. Um, and I still liked it, which I was pleasantly surprised because I wasn't sure if I would still like it. Yeah, Guy Ritchie is interesting. Um, he, I find he's very much like M. Night Shyamalan in that his early movies yeah. are great and then his later movies are just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it just makes no sense. Um, but you definitely get like, it definitely has a specific feel. There's a very specific tone. And I like to call this movie complicated for the sake of just being complicated. Like there's no yeah. reason for this to be as complicated as it is, but it's complicated. Um, but a lot of his movies are like this and the follow-up Snatch and Rock and Rolla are yeah. the same essentially in their structure. Um, but this was definitely the first. This is the one that made me like it introduced me to Jason Statham. It introduced me mm-hmm. to Guy Ritchie in the first place. And definitely, if I hadn't seen this movie, I probably would never have watched any other Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, I think I, for me, I, I remember watching. I remember watching it the first time, being like, "Well, this is a different kind of British person than I know." Mm-hmm. You know, like my view of British people was like Mary Poppins. That all. <laughs> And this movie came out now and okay there's a whole other side mm-hmm. yeah this is definitely like british action movie like i was i was very aware of like british sci-fi british drama british comedy definitely a lot of british comedy yeah. but okay. british action was not like a thing i found yeah um i think i actually saw this in the movie theater when it came out i definitely saw snatch I'm like 90% sure I saw this in the movies when it came out. I definitely well. saw Snatch. And for some reason, I remember this having more swearing. But that might just be my adult brain that now everything doesn't like stand out to me. Yeah. I remember at the time being like, whoa, there's a lot of swearing in this movie. But I find that's generally with British things. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I, I think it's just like, they... North Americans are prudish. Let's put it this way. Yeah. We take uh, course language very seriously here. Where in Britain, this is like a two in the afternoon movie over yes. there. We're here like, no, it's got to be after nine. It's got to have 35 warnings on it. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And yeah, I was watching it too going like, oh, they saying fuck a lot. All right. Sure. But then and- a lot of the like charming swears. Where it's just like a funny expression that's kind of a swear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? There's definitely a few of them. I'm like, what does that mean? 
I know it's insulting, but what does it mean? Yeah. You sort of get the feeling that he's really saying, like, fuck off, but in like a charming, like, oh, <laughs> drop your noodle or whatever. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he said something about like noodles and it meant he was threatening you and you're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> I mean, he's scared. So obviously this is a bad thing, but at the same time, what are you saying? So it's like a whole new kind of like gangster lingo. Yes. Yeah, he definitely, like, I don't know how original this, this lingo is, like, because you know, like, um, oh, shit, what's her name? Who did, like, Jennifer's Body and um, Juno and stuff, the writer, who's, like, because she did, like, a whole bunch of, like, lingo, like, she made that up. Yes. I want to say Dakota, but it's not. Oh, God, now I got to look it up, too. Diablo Cody. Yes. Yes. So when she, like, the way they talk in Juno and in, like, Jennifer's body is completely made up by her. Yes. And it was just, like, she was just playing with language and she was just kind of, like, throwing in things that she thought was funny to say, which was great. It kind of worked in the space and the environment and all that kind of stuff. And with this, I, like, I'm not from England. You know, I don't live in wherever they are in London and stuff. So I don't know if what they're saying are colloquialisms, like if they're actually things that people like, they, yeah. like actual slang or if it's just shit that like Guy Ritchie made up and was like, hey, hey this sounds funny. Throw it in there. I, I like to think that it's shit he made up, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> or if this was like, you know, like sort of the schoolyard, like shit talk that the boys, there's a bit of like a locker room thing with all yes. of this, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, all the boys are together. And yet somehow I remember as a young girl really liking it. I don't know if it's because they were cute or I just thought it was like such a different feel than everything else I'd seen. Like be- before we talked about like things had a vibe, this movie definitely has a vibe, right? Yes. It's a very, it's a very slick and cool vibe mm-hmm. with like a hint of danger. Like it's weird that I say a hint of danger because there's a lot of killing in this. But it doesn't seem like to to people observing it, it doesn't seem truly dangerous. Yeah. But to the people involved in it, of course, they're in actual danger. I think it's because they're like searching out the danger, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody's just walking down the street and gets shot or whatever, slashed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much intentionally going into these CD weird places with like crazy guns and knives and things. Like like, as as a viewer, you think, okay, I can avoid that. Yeah. Like if I don't go to this CD bar, I will not get shot in the face. I could do this. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause they're all like, everybody in this movie is sort of like, I don't know. They're not even really like scam artists or anything. They're, they're all in it trying to make a buck in a certain way, Hmm. you know, by being, you know, unlawful to a certain level right like not enough to like have cops show up all the time but enough that if they were caught they'd be in a lot of trouble you know because i mean like even like the um like the whole like the whole poker thing you know it's people get together to play poker but it's also a type of gambling you also need 
what is a hundred grand to get in the thing? And like this one guy's cheating. So if, you know, cops came in or if somebody found out he was cheating, he would have been in trouble anyways. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when you think about it, it's just playing poker. So it's not really that bad. Yeah. And I think it's also, it works because it's not like overly clever. Some of his later movies, he started kind of getting kind of clever with the heists and the planning. And he felt like people were actually kind of geniuses. Mm-hmm. Nobody in this movie is a genius. <laughs> They're kind of just regular people figuring it out, right? Yeah, everything <laughs> seems sort of uh, accidental, you know? Yeah. Like, like their plan to get the money back that they owed, um, what's his name? Uh, Hatchet Harry, you know, was to rob their neighbors because they accidentally heard something because they knew they did drugs. But then those guys did something stupid to these other guys who were just like, what the hell is your problem? So then it kind of just like rippled backwards and you're just like, okay. Um, And this is one of the reasons why the movie is complicated because the beginning of the movie, in the first like 15 minutes of that movie, you're introduced to like 30 people. Yes. You're like, who's who? What's that guy doing? What's the relation to these people? How is Sting here? What is happening? They all kind of look the same. Yes. Yes, they do. Help you remember who's who. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because the first time they showed the the like neighbor drug dealers or whatever, I was like, wait, isn't that his friend? Yeah. And then it turns out it's not his friend. It's actually this guy's the friend and. You're like, okay. I'd like to think that was cleverly planned, but I somehow think it was just the era that it was shot in. Yeah, they're just like, we have a black guy and everybody else is white. <laughs> so go. <laughs> like, two women in the movie, you know. Yeah. I mean, the one poker lady, she was badass, but she had like three lines. Yeah. And then was the there dr- no- oh, oh, yeah. Druggy this- girlfriend who ended up, well, sort of saved the day and then didn't, but yes did she she get shot? no she yeah. got punched in the face right something she was knocked out yes it also struck me how little like special effects there were in the movie agreed yeah right? it's very uh like it's very indie movie yes even though i don't think this would be considered an indie movie I can't imagine that it was cheap because there's like 8,000 people in the movie. Yeah. It was 960 pounds. 60, uh, 960,000 pounds. I was like, wow, so that's, that's a cheap movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's well over like, that's like well over a million dollars, right? Okay. So... I love the thing. So the opening weekend in Canada, the States, it only made $143,000. Yeah. And then by the end, it grossed um, $3.75 million. Wow. So it didn't really make that much money back from the theaters. But I think, I would definitely think this is like a cult classic kind of thing. I think so. Is this his first movie? This is the first one that I remember like being aware of Guy Ritchie. Yes, for me too. Let's see. So his first, so he wrote and directed this, but mm-hmm. his first directing gig was a music video. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. But this is his first movie that he directed. Yes. Good for him. 
I wonder if he'd written anything else before that. I think it's pretty impressive as a first movie. Yeah, I agree. Together, the characters are compelling. Let's figure out who's who. It's very watchable. It is, yeah. I did find it, um, I think I've gotten used to his, like, with every movie he's done since, he's gotten, like, a little bit of faster pace of telling the, the story. Yeah. And you could tell this was, like, amateur because mm-hmm. you can feel the like the cutting and the like oh you know what would be cool if we did this like you could feel it while yeah. you're watching the movie um so like to me it felt a little bit slow and a little bit like look what we can do it's so cool right um but other than that like no i i enjoyed it i was kind of afraid i wouldn't enjoy it to be honest um, but i did Rewatching it, I thought, oh, this is not going to hold up well. But then it, it did somehow. I don't know. I yeah. kind of like those heist, heisty, like sort of comedic action movies. I think my problem is, is I get this and some elements of Snatch, like the storyline mixed up because yeah. there's so many pieces in both the movies and there's sort of like a, you know, one's really about a diamond heist and this is about a poker game. Fine. But it's a lot of crossover kind of in like like the actors there's a lot of crossover yeah. of course there's like the style like the the visual style and the directing style of it um also watching this movie it i kept thinking about um train spotting and mm-hmm. then boondock saints because it has that same kind of color palette and feel yeah and you know movement throughout Yes. So I was just, I was trying to think of like, is it, was it like a style of filming or was it just like he was paying homage to, well, it would have been train spotting. Train spotting came up before, but yeah. Um, Blue Dogs came out after. So yeah. I just want to say that apparently he's directing Aladdin 2 that is in pre production. Really? And I'm very confused by all of it. Well, he did, he directed the Aladdin that came out. The live action one. Yeah, but did that do well? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I can't. I didn't watch it either. It didn't, I, I couldn't. I have not been able to watch any of the live action. I'm going to put live action in quotes, especially with the Jungle Book and yes. the Lion King. Lots of quotation marks. I have not been able to watch any of the live action Disney movies. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Um. Yeah, that one in particular, I just felt like they kind of should have left it alone. Yeah. Just, you just don't touch Robin Williams. Just yeah. leave it. No? You can't do it. Yeah. And uh, he who shall not be named, like, yeah. I don't care how good you think you are. You can't Is be. Is he in Robin the second Wilson. one? I'm assuming the genie's going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Now they might be rethinking. I don't know what that They're gonna... saying a, a lot of his stuff is falling apart, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jasmine and Aladdin are back, but that's the only cast that is listed right now. So, yeah, I bet they're dropping him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice. That guy Richie felt like he obviously enjoyed his experience or something about it. Something. Yeah. It's a different kind of movie for him. Give him that. I think so. He also did. Oh, no, he just wrote The Man from Uncle. I love the movie The Man from Uncle. And I don't I like know why. It 
Nobody watched that movie. Nobody's seen it. I feel like it it was a very underrated. It was sort of here and gone. It was a really good movie. It was very good. Uh, Because I remember when it came out, and I was like, I was like a week late or something. I'm like, oh, I want to go watch this movie. And then it was out of the theaters. Then I had to wait. And then it was like on TV or something. And I watched it. And I was like, that was so good. What are you talking about? Yeah. But yeah, no, he did the screenplay for that one, but he didn't direct it. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, he did direct it. Yes, he did. He did direct it. Never mind. Yeah, you definitely see the progress from, from like Lockstock to that. Yeah. You know, his style is similar, but I mean, for sure, budget changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kind mm-hmm. of figured out his pacing and his timing and all that. Yeah, and like what he really like the main story he's trying to tell because he also did that Tarantino thing where he had a lot of scenes where people were just like sitting around talking and just like sprouting a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And you're just like, I know what you're trying to do, but at the same time, it's not helping your story in any way, shape or form. You could cut that out. Just not necessary or it just needs to be like less. And I also think that's why he's following like, um, like rock and roller and um, snatch work really well because even though they had scenes like that where they were just sitting around having like chatter, it was much shorter and more like succinct scenes compared to just like long. Was it, or was it just a better cast than snatch? That's <laughs> true. Well, okay. So two of the guys are the same yeah. in snatch. But like, so it's Jason Satham and what's that guy's name? The guy who had to go steal the guns but stole the wrong guns. And there was one who just had his hair done. And the other guy, it's the other guy. I don't know what that guy's name is. I'm not being very helpful. I don't know what his name is. But he comes back in Snatch. Yeah. And um, he's really good. And then, well, maybe it's the Brad Pitt thing. I don't know. I think it's the Brad Pitt thing. It's the Brad effect. Yeah. Yeah. Is Benicio del Toro in this? Is that who I'm seeing in this poster? Yeah. I'm looking at the cast list. That movie, I definitely remember watching being like, wow, this is like, this is what a cool guy is. It's true. It's true. You're wrong. It was definitely like, the epitome of cool at the time yeah and even like the like the grimy guys you know with their caravans and all that kind of stuff even though they're supposed to be like grimy and gross they still come across as really cool yes you know yeah. and like you know we've got all these gangsters all their suits and stuff and they come across really cool and people are just being stupid but they're still cool in some way you're like all right i get what you're doing well, it's kind of a good modern take on like, I think he even talks, he mentions Goodfellas in this movie, right? Like that's obviously where his starting point was. How do you mm. take kind of gangsters but make them modern real characters? Or like Dick Tracy, obviously like very like comic book style version of what a gangster is. Yeah. It's just like, no, he's this dude who works at a sex shop or works in a <laughs> pub or, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely, everybody in it is definitely a caricature of some sort, but believable enough that you're not, you don't take it as a joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is trickier than I think it probably looks. 
sort of seems yes. like got a bunch of cool people together and have them talk, but I'm sure that's not at all what happened. No, no. I I don't know. I've actually never read one of his scripts, like Guy Ritchie's mm-hmm. scripts. So I don't know how, like, like how it translates. It's not like, like Wes Anderson's scripts are like, he paints a picture of what you're going to see on screen and nobody diverts from that. So you're like, yeah. whatever he's on the page is what is on the screen, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, some people, like, um, uh, which, what can I think of? Uh, oh, like, the comedy guy. Um, oh, my God. I don't know. It's, it happens when you work with comedians anyways, but there's, like, a lot of, like, ad-libbing and a lot of, Shut up, you know, yeah. John Apatow, yes. So there's lots of, like, like, specific things are very specific to what's on screen, but his description of the scene... And the dialogue can be very different sometimes. Yes. Because sometimes the comedian or sometimes whatever the scene is, they're like, okay, let's do what's on the page. And you know what? Just, just how do you feel to do this? So this is what's happening. How do you feel to do this? And they'll redo it. And yes. They'll take whatever is best. So sometimes scenes are like the dialogue and stuff is very different than what's on the page. And sometimes it's exactly what's on the page. But his descriptions of the scene and stuff are a lot less. But I'm wondering if Guy Ritchie, like how close to dialogue his, it is or how he describes the scene and stuff. Like, can you like yeah. picture it? Or was there a lot of interpretation after they I took it? I don't know. I'm guessing that it's pretty close to the script. You think so? I think so. Because I think yeah. his style is pretty exacting, even though there's like crazy lingo and all of that. You know, mm-hmm. like a Tarantino in that way where like... That's true. <laughs> work unless it was sort of had like that snappy pace to it mm. I don't know maybe that's why he works with the same people maybe they kind of get his language and then it lets them play yeah like I, I mean like I could definitely see that in like the Sherlock Holmes movies for example with like RDJ and like Jude Law and stuff um, but like I feel like or maybe it's it's a like it's a tribute <laughs> he's my friend we go by initials thank you oh, okay <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> uh yes um if people don't know it's it's robert downey jr there you go said it <laughs> said his whole name thank you see jude law is nice and easy Robert Downey Jr. That's a lot. That's a lot of syllables. One too many words to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't yeah. know what I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so I was saying that, um, like, I don't know if this is a testament to his filmmaking or his writing style, but the way some of the scenes come across, they come across very, like, like loose, very comfortable. So yeah. it doesn't feel like it's scripted. But like I said, I don't know if that's a testament to how he makes his films or if like that's an actor thing or if, mm-hmm. you know, or if maybe, oh, there was ad lib scenes or something. No idea. You gotta ask him. I know. Well, I gotta find one of his scripts and like have a read through and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun to do that every once in a while. I find reading scripts can be very boring. But if it's like a movie that you really like or you're just like interested in like how would this translate onto screen and it's like a movie that you enjoy, just like pick a page and like watch the scene. It's really fun to do. Yeah. It's fun to read like 
how much or how little action they put into the script too. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's like, he looked at her, but in the movie, it's like this whole one minute sequence. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Or they're like, Oh, and he walked over to the table. But, you know, he like swaggers over yeah. and he like picks up a glass and he does like a thing and whatever. And you're like, it's three minutes of us just like watching this dude. And you're just like, how did, how did the director get this out of this? Like, but again, that's part of the artistry of the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why I understand, like writer directors, I really understand because you're writing it, you know what's in your head. You don't have to put down that description. Yeah. So you like put it on screen. But like people who are just like, I've written this thing, here you go. And somebody else is like, I'm interpreting all the things. I would be so frustrated as a writer. I'd be like, that's not what I pictured. That's no. what we're doing. Oh, how that didn't happen. The way he wrote that. Yeah. I should, maybe it was a great movie. I didn't see it, but yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I will ever. Maybe one very sad day when I have watched all of the things, and you're like, "This is the only thing that's left." I'm gonna give it a look. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, and especially Aladdin. Aladdin is my fave, my my favorite Disney movie. So you have to blow me away for me to be like, "That was good." And from the ads I've seen. And yeah, little snippets here and there. I'm like, no, no, you have, you have ruined the things. Sorry, what? Little Mermaid, the, the live action one that they're remaking. That one looks like it might be, might have potential. Yeah. No? I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I just, I haven't even watched like, you know, they, they did Cinderella. They did like Beauty and the Beast and stuff. Yeah. I haven't even watched those. Like, I just can't, I can't do it. Like, it's just. It's just cute. Yeah. yeah a lot of people said um what is it emma watson's performance was very like she was bored i thought she was good i thought i think people were just wanting her to be hermione and she wasn't she was trying oh. to be somebody else i thought she was kind of nice mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it wasn't like a blow me away kind of performance but it was nice mm-hmm. the beast was nice yeah I would probably definitely watch like Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella way before I watch like The Lion King or anything like that. Yeah, Dum- yeah. Dumbo is pretty bad. Dumbo is oh, really? one of my favorites, like the animated original version. Mm-hmm. They butchered that in the live action. Okay, so I must admit, when they were releasing that Dumbo, I realized I had actually never watched all of Dumbo. I had mm-hmm. never watched all of it. And then... Um, so I have Disney Plus, so I sat down and I just watched it. Yeah. And first of all, I think the movie is beautiful. Um, it's super racist. Yes. Um, it is heartbreaking. Yes. But as an actual like story, there's no there's no story. But it's just a little Dumbo with his big ears. I know. Like it's, I think it's, I actually think if you are, you want to be an animator or you're into animating or you're you're even into just art, yeah, just watch it for like the visuals alone. Just like you should watch Fantasia. Like it's just beautiful to look at. Um, And I also think it's really good 
to watch. Like I said, it was racist because there's a couple of things in there that are just flat out offensive. But I also think if you're into like the history of film and stuff or, you know, where our society has gone from and to have a look at it, right? You are going to gasp at certain things. You are. Because I was just like, oh my God, what? I have to go back and watch it now. Yeah. No, the thing, the thing with the crows is just right. wrong. Um, and like, there are definitely several parts where I was just like, what is in my eye? What is, what, mm-hmm. what is going on? You know, like the whole baby mind thing. It's a weirdly emotional movie, like more than Bambi, I would say. Everyone oh, says- I agree. Well, Bambi, the emotions are just like right at the beginning. It's just a moment. And then it's yeah. And then it's like frolicking around and hey, we're in the woods. We're so cute. Yeah. But like, there's no, there's no actual story in Dumbo. (laughs) I realize I enjoyed it. It's an experience. He learns to fly. (laughs) I guess that's it really. It's really random. Like, I don't, I don't know. But like, yeah, like I was just confused as to like, what story are they putting together in this movie? Yeah. And I bet you it's not really about Dumbo, it's about the people. Yes. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole undercurrent of that movie that I would probably catch watching it now. But now? Kid, I just remember thinking it was like the sweetest thing that you just want to smush. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, like you through the movie, you want to steal Dumbo and take him home with you. Yes. Uh, absolutely agreed. Um, and those other elephant mothers were real assholes. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they shunned they shunned Dumbo's mother because her his ears were big. What what what? No, you're an elephant. You're supposed to have big ears. What works? Not that big. Oh, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, watch Dumbo. Okay, I gotta rewatch it now. Yeah, you'll realize that there's no story, but yes. it. You know what it's like? It's like Fantasia, as in it's just like it's it's just pieces of things. Yes. That are very nice to look at. Yeah. So, but like in the end, you're just like, what was the, what was the actual story? It was one. Yeah, maybe it is more of just that look what we can do in animation now, <laughs> moment in history, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I think you'll still enjoy it for sure. Um, but yeah. Well, now that you said there's no story and it's racist, I don't know how much I enjoy it. <laughs> Don't make me want to go back and rewatch it. You'll still enjoy it. It's just, it's like, it's like with anything, right? Like you watch some of those like teen romp movies from the eighties, and every once in a while you're just like, oh no, that's wrong. Like, not like, not like Revenge of the Nerds. That's just that whole thing is offensive. Um, But like, you know, it's like when everything is offensive, then nothing's offensive. You're making fun of everybody. Does it still count? No, see, it's not, it's not offensive in that way. It's just that everything that is done in the movie is just wrong. Like even for that time period, like it shocks me that A, that movie was made and that people thought it was really funny mm-hmm. and then it made a bunch of money. Because even for that time period, you like you watch it, and you're just like, even for like the mid 80s, like every like. There's like they rape people, they drug people, yeah. they, you know, like they assault people like violently and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's not, it's not a wholesome, funny thing. It's, ugh. yeah, no, 
Yeah, it's definitely a timepiece. I don't, it probably didn't age well, but I mean, I remember watching that movie as like a dumb kid and just being like, oh, it's funny. Look at the nerds. Like, you're so, you know, it was sort of the 80s mentality where it was like, oh, the jocks and the nerds and the cheerleaders and the, yeah, never looked beyond the surface of anything. Yeah. Surface time. Well, I also think when you're a kid, you're, you're laughing at colors and like somebody fell down. You're not listening to like the yeah, words or what the actions could actually mean. And I you couldn't know. tell you the story. I mean, they were trying to get a their sorority back or something. Not sort of Revenge of the Nerds. No, it, aren't, aren't they? Uh, so they're like, yeah, I think they're in college. And like the frat boys did something to the nerds and they're yeah getting them back that's essentially what it is no the so the 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 frat house one you're thinking of um oh my god with john belushi animal house is that animal that? house i think that's i think you're thinking of animal house i think it was all around the same time or it's like yeah it's like like, like animal house has a couple of things that are like wrong oh yeah but overall it's actually it's not that bad if you understand what i mean yeah yeah like, except for being, which is still wrong, being like a peeping Tom. They don't, they don't do anything that is like overtly wrong to other people. Like putting a horse in somebody's office, whoop de do, you know? <laughs> Whatever. I'm so funny, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending you're a zit and starting a food fight, fine. <laughs> you know, going to the wrong sides of the tracks and like going to like a thing. Fine. Um, but yeah, no. It's a different time. It was definitely a different time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We didn't question things. We didn't really kind of let it happen. No, you walked out of the movie theater and was like, that was funny, and that was it. There was no conversation about anything. You didn't look at you didn't look at the underlying meaning of things or like how does that affect the characters, you know? They're just like, I think also it was a time like they didn't, you couldn't rewatch the movie. It's true. A rental and you were getting the VHS, right? So you mm-hmm. saw it, whatever your memory was, that was it. You didn't sort of, weren't able to kind of go back and pick it apart. Yeah. And even from like, like now we go from like the theater to streaming either at the same time or within weeks. Mm-hmm. Whereas then it was like years before a movie yeah. would go from the screen to VHS, then to TV. Yeah. And like it being like readily available for you to look at. So you're watching it like years apart. Yes. Without, you know, picking up on these like nuances. You yeah. didn't you didn't get to watch it like, oh, I watched, you know, you know, Revenge of the Nerds 35 times last year. You're like, really? You went to the movie theater 35 times to watch one movie? Like that it just didn't make any sense. Did, but no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's Star Wars that was a big thing with rewatching in theaters. Yeah. Um not sure about anything else though. Titanic was like that. Titanic, I had friends. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park definitely well, was. Yeah. A few people who saw Jurassic Park a few times in theater. Yeah. I had a friend who saw, I had one friend who saw Titanic eight times in the theater. Wow. And so I was in high school at the time. And I know several people I went to school with, which blew my fucking mind because they saw it like 20 times in the movie theater. And I'm like, there's other movies to watch. What are you doing? Like, it was crazy. It's crazy. I was like that with Dirty Dancing. Because they used to bring that back every few years. Yeah. Go to the theater. I skipped school to go watch Dirty Dancing with my friend in high school. Yeah. 
I was in the theater. We danced. It was great. We thought we were very cool. <laughs> you made it an experience. There's nothing wrong with that. It was an experience, but very, no, Titanic. I, I saw it once in theater when it first came out. Mm. I have a very vivid memory. I was in Chicago on vacation with my family, mm-hmm. and the woman beside me, I was like the end of my family row. The woman beside me was a stranger, and she was there by herself, and she cried the whole time. And she like grabbed my knee at one point, and I remember being like, "Whoa, this is intense." Yeah. No, I saw I saw Titanic twice in the theater. Um, vivid memory as well. It was a very packed theater. It was me and two of my girlfriends, and um, not a movie you should see with parents. Huh? Oh, not a movie to see with your parents. Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, like that one scene, you're just like, oh, why are we here? And you have to pretend not to look at the screen. I'm not yeah. seeing anything. What are you talking about? What? My, my lady, my new friend, who was crying through everything. <laughs> this probably she was her fifth time watching the movie. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah, because the first time we saw it, it was ruined by a random stranger. And then the second time we saw it, um, what were we doing? We were out somewhere. My friend was like, oh, it's on. It's on. We should go watch it now. And I'm like, I don't want to spend four hours in the theater. I don't want to do this. And she just talked us into watching it. Watch it again. And I was just like, and I'm done. I just, I don't need this in my life anymore. Yeah, I really liked it, but I don't think it's a movie that I need to watch a thousand times. Yeah, no, no. I feel like I got I, it the first time. There's, there's no subtlety. There's no nuance. There's no like, what could this mean? Yeah, there's like, oh, I missed this. No, I no, there's it. no like tiny moments. Like, I think, I think the thing that made it interesting, though, was all the stuff that came out after about the Titanic, like the certain characters, like yes. like the band playing on the deck or the people um, who were like in bed together, like the, and they were like holding each other. Apparently mm-hmm. it was like a real couple. Everybody went to like this poor guy's grave stone, which wasn't, you know, the Jack in the movie was just like a made up dude. And right. this guy just happened to have the same name. And everybody's like, oh, it's him. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> like... I think all this, like the supplementary stuff that came out after was interesting, but like the actual movie. You're like, eh. Well, and the fact that they like actually basically drowned the actors. Like, yes. They just sit in the cold water for hours and hours on end just to get yeah. I mean, it worked. Well, kind apparently of- they wanted to get them like shivering and stuff to make it look yeah. more real. <laughs> They're like, don't we have laws against this? Like, awful. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so wrong. I mean, I do think like James Cameron was interesting because he did make up like a whole new scuba technology and camera technology and mm. things underwater and all this kind of stuff. He's always been known for innovations and of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, eh. And that they supposedly like replicated the ship. Like, yes. Inch, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Which and is- they flooded it. Like when they flooded it, they actually flooded. It was like a one take thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, like, there's scenes, um, like, there's scenes where people, like, like running and all that kind of stuff, like, up staircases and stuff, and people, like, fall mm-hmm. and look like they're drowning. Yeah, apparently those people are used to be rescued after, because they were in yeah. actual danger, and they could have drowned. Yeah. So, but um, I really hope, like, with the Poseidon Adventure, this caused people to have, like, more laws put in place to protect actors and, like, you know... Yeah. Um, like a lot, half these people are like extras. They're just like, here, stand yeah. in some water with this dress on. They're like, okay. And I almost died today. Like, what? <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. 
I hope now there are better rights in place and people also feel like they can like speak up and ruin a take, right? I think there was probably so much pressure not to ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't really breathe, but you got it. No? Okay. Keep going. Okay, thanks. (laughs) They keep doing like, oh, with that poor woman that got shot last year and uh, they really need to like regulations are in place for a reason and they should stop ignoring these things for the art. And there's really no excuse now to ever have like a real weapon, a real thing on any set with our like technology. Like there's just no, you can make a 3d printed version of a gun. Yeah. That cannot ever shoot anything. And that's the only thing that should ever be on the set. I I absolutely agree. Yeah. Oh, it just oh, it just blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, there's a difference between authenticity and being a moron. That's yeah, and nobody watching it knows. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the intricacies of a gun, and if they do, then too bad. Yeah, they can acknowledge that they're watching a movie. <laughs> and no matter how authentic you make something, there's going to be some asshole out there who's going to be like, "Well, hmm, this is wrong because you know." Yeah. They're like, the patina and the light reflection is incorrect. Like, what? Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Um, with that said, with the amount of guns in um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, yes. I really hope nobody is complaining about the light reflecting off the gun's patina. <laughs> <laughs> See, I tried to bring it back around. That was my second <laughs> And that I... I didn't remember that part at all until rewatching it just a few hours ago. But About the guns? The guns. guns. That's totally, what the two smoking barrels is. I know, but my memory of the movie was like the banter and the poker game and the robberies and all that stuff. The whole smoking barrel thing to me, I was like, I wonder why it's called this. But <laughs> I rewatched it. Went, oh, okay. And now I understand why it's two and not just lock, stock, and barrel, which is the expression. Yeah. Uh, no, my thing was like, I remembered the guns. I actually thought the guns played, like, I remember them being a part of the movie, but I thought it was like more about the guns. Yes. And less about the money for the poker thing. I thought the, the I thought the main th- goal of the movie was to get the guns, mm-hmm. but the main goal of the movie is to pay off this poker debt. Right. So I was just like, oh, and the guns are just like extra. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think it goes back to me and like not staying awake until the end of the movie. It's <laughs> like, oh, look at that final scene. It all kind of ties together. <laughs> that reminds me of a friend I used to have um, who had seen half of every single movie ever made. Because mm-hmm. he was like, um, I don't have two hours to spare or two hours is a waste of time. <laughs> and so we get about half one and be like, I'm sick of this and just walk away. So I'm like, so you've seen half of, so I'll be like, have you seen like some random movie? He's like, yeah. Until this part, I'm like, that's halfway. It's like, yeah, so for an hour, it's fine. Then you probably know the movies that he actually finishes all the way through, like that's a ringing endorsement. That that is true. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he had he had seen movies with me in the theater, so he's forced to watch it. Yes. Um. Always close your eyes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they're timing it oh 60 minutes yeah he's like now it's nap time forget the rest yeah sleep mask yeah uh but yeah no you need to watch the movies to the end okay watch yeah, it at the end 
this is starting to make me rethink my whole movie watching experience. <laughs> and maybe also explains why I tend to watch TV series now backwards. Maybe I'm like missing the ending. You watch them backwards. Yeah, I watch Breaking Bad backwards. <laughs> it's really good backwards. <laughs> I mean, Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones, I started, I think, at season three and then watch backwards and then watch forwards. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. Breaking I mean, <laughs> I didn't understand the end of Breaking Bad because I hadn't seen the first season and a half of the show. Because I was yeah. just like, who are these people that he's giving money to? Who are these people supposed Who's that guy? I was so confused. You we were just like, remember there were his business partners and that's why he got kicked out and he was a school teacher. And I was like, no. It's surprisingly dramatic when you watch it backwards. I don't know. I tried to rewatch Breaking Bad from the beginning and I found it so boring. I was like, oh, this is why I yeah. didn't start originally. Yeah, try it in reverse. Okay. I Maybe literally do that. It, like last episode second last episode. I don't know why <laughs> I guess it's a different sort of like oh, I wonder how they got here and then yeah, you go, and go back. Like, oh okay <laughs> oh that's who he's married to okay, <laughs> okay. maybe I'll have to give this a shot then because I think I could watch I could think I could do Breaking Bad backwards and not have yeah. a problem and then maybe I'll make it all the way to the first episode that would make sense yeah yeah I think the characters were just really, really unlikable in the first season, like purposefully. Right. And I just didn't care about them because of that. And I was just like, I don't want to watch this. And then randomly one day I watched an episode and I was like, well, oh, this is really good. And then from that on, I was, I was, <laughs> I was stuck. That was my Game of Thrones experience. Like, oh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Me being a giant nerd, I read the books first and then watched the show. It's fine. I know. Well, that's when I, I started watching. I was like, oh, there are books. Mm-hmm. Clearly living in a closet <laughs> for many years. I'm still mad he hasn't put out that sixth book yet. I'm still mad about it. Wasn't he supposed to? Was that a COVID thing? Or he's- no, he, he's that book has been supposed to be out like 10 years now. Oh. Like a dance, a dance of dragons or something. It's supposed to be. He put out like the first <laughs> chapter. Yeah. Each book of his got long, each book got longer. And like the first book starts at like 900 pages. So you're like, okay, I yeah. guess, sure. I remember one of my friends like bringing me the books. And like, you should, and I was like, I, this is too much for me. <laughs> I, I took a few years to read them. Um, well, no, that's, a, no, I, I started reading right when the fourth book came out and I read them all four of those back to back. Mm-hmm. And there was a short break and then the fifth book came out and then they're like, the sixth book is coming out in like six months. I'm like, yes. Right. Nope. Yeah. Still nothing. Mm-mm. But it's now they're kind of like a prequel series, right? Yeah. Is that based on the book? So that's totally separate. That's part of the lore. That, that stuff is not in the actual books even though they make a lot of reference to that stuff in the books, because so one of the things they talk about in the book in the series is that they have this, this book, that's a history of like the kingdom and they trace back like all the, the families and all that kind of stuff. And essentially this prequel is going to talk about those families from the book. Okay. Um, That's all I know. Um, And like where all the, there's going to be more dragons in it. Like this is going to be a time period where like the dragons existed and like we're around, you know, like pigeons, like they're just like flying everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be lots more dragons. Um, but yeah, I don't know what his involvement in this, but he should have finished his other book before starting the show is all I'm saying. Right. Well, maybe that's why he's late. Maybe he's writing all the scripts. Oh my God. He said he was stopping that. That's why he didn't come back and write season like how you're seven so and eight. <laughs> I am offended. I am mad about this. <laughs> Because now it's gotten to a point where I know I'm going to have to reread the books Yeah. because there's so much that's different from the books in the TV show that I'm going to mix it up. And when that book comes out, I can't start just like start reading. I have to like, I got to go back and like, make sure I get the stories right and then continue. Yeah. That is like another year of my life gone. Ah, that's a lot. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay, why, do, why would you get me started talking about this? Ah, oh. oh. it's exactly like Lost Talk from Two Smoking Birds. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have no notes on this movie except for like the thing about the color palettes and like you know thinking about train spotting and stuff. Um, I just got lost in the story being told and being confused. I had to concentrate a lot because like I said, it's very complicated. I was like, oh, that's what this, okay, get it at the end, yeah. Yeah, I like that it's like light enough that even if you're not super concentrating, you still kind of get the gist, you know? (laughs) You might miss the moments in between, but you understand, you can follow through. They're trying to get the money back. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, antics? Oh yeah, antics, okay. Now the guy got shot in the face, you're like, okay. Is there kind of a shitty father? Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's all. He's also in Snatch because he plays Turkish's dad. That's the thing that confused me. So Turkish in Snatch is played by Jason Statham, and Sting plays his father in Snatch. Whereas in this movie, he plays the other guy's father. Right. And that was the part that got me really confused. I'm like, I thought Jason Statham was the star of this movie. No, no, it's the other dude. I think a lot of people thought that Snatch was like in the same universe. Yes, I did. But it's not really, right? It's not, no. It's a a different set of people, I think. Yeah, I think there's some crossover, but in the same way that like Wes Anderson or Ryan Murphy were used as a lot of the same people, but it's different. Well, not really. It's a more similar world than than the Wes Anderson movies are. Yes, yeah. Because they all take place in like the same place and with the same type of people doing yeah. the same type of thing so you're just like are you the same person because you seem to be doing the same stuff yeah and know. kind of the same period yeah like, man from uncle was at least like kind of a period piece right yeah because that one takes place in like the 60s the yeah 70s yeah like um yeah and then he did that really horrible king arthur that was so bad yeah never um, seen. yeah don't it's it's really bad I like the Sherlock Holmes though. With I like the first one. I didn't like R- the game R- Shadows. R- what? Is that? what? R- RDJ. Yeah, RDJ. <laughs> um, their bromance though, him and Jula, is it's palpable. It's on screen. You could feel it. Their chemistry is way better than the Bridgerton couple. Uh yeah. It's right? also better than like him and um, Rachel McAdams, who's the woman he's supposed to be obsessed with and loves. You're just yeah. like, you're like, no, you guys are going to make out soon, right? That's what's yeah. happening over here? Okay. They're good. They should live together. 
I don't know what their situations are, but I think they should live together. I bet you they have like, um, like every night they like text each other in bed and they're like, hey, how's it going? Hey, RD. How's it going? (laughs) Did you have a good day on set today? It was such a good day. What are you up to? Oh, doing the new work again. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, except there are different time zones. Something like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm just having breakfast. Oh, I'm my bed. <laughs> I imagine Jude has a cute little like cap. I can yeah. <laughs> he's got his little like um, what is it like his eye mask? It's just like sleepy time on it or something. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I love that we've turned them into like teenage girls. It's great. They have the phones with the curly cords. <laughs> And it's yeah. like, they like curl it on their fingers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what Bobby did in school today? Yeah, that's definitely them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to be on that phone call. It's just it. Like, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts about Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? <laughs> I, I want to go back and rewatch and like use the, the language, like start using it to see if it makes me feel cooler. <laughs> I'm going to guess no. <laughs> I think people will just be confused. Be like, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like I, like I think I should, the, the, my biggest problem with a lot of these like British films is that the first like five, 10 minutes, when I say five minutes, I have no idea what anybody's saying. Yes. Right. And then all of a sudden, like my brain like clicks into it and I'm like, mm-hmm. there we go. Now I can understand words. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. They're just like heavy accents and they're, they're fast talking. They're like, they're like the Gilmore girls, the way, how fast they talk. Like it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. It always takes me a minute to kind of get my brain around. Oh, this is also English. Okay. <laughs> you're like, are you sure this is a <laughs> different language? I think that's a different language. Yeah. No? Okay. All right, that's fine. Cockney. <laughs> Cockney, yes. Cockney. Hello, governor. Yeah. That's yeah. it? That's it. That's all I can do these but days. The movie was dedicated to something, governor. Did you know? Yes, that? I did see that at the end, just the governor at the end. And I was like, I wonder what happened to that guy. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe I should have looked that up before. Really, I my fair lady. <laughs> Always comes back to the musicals. As long as it's a good one. I think I've seen My Fair Lady. Well, that may not age well either, but (laughs) it's it's a classic. I mean, I've seen versions of My Fair Lady, like She's All That. Does that count? No, (laughs) it does not. You should read, read Pygmalion, read the original play, which is does definitely not age well okay. in terms of women's rights. And then you can watch the movie, which slightly ages better because they, they put her in normal clothing and she's like kind of taken care of. And then you can watch the 80s remakes and see how they made her better. Okay. All right. So, all right, we'll start a Pygmalion. I remember doing that in high school, mm-hmm. but I think it was one of the books where I was just like, I'm not reading this. And then I didn't. That was it. That book I remember very early on. I guess that that's the thing when you're just reading a play, right? Even at the time thinking like, wow, this Henry Higgins guy is a real dick. 
Like, why does she end up with him? Oh my god! When came out, that's based on it. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. She made a weird move. I'm like, yeah, because it's based on this awful play. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Did not know about that. Uh, the one play I remember us doing, besides like Shakespeare, is um, the Glass Menagerie. Yes. Yes. I really, I actually like, it was weird. I enjoyed that one, especially the whole thing about her gentleman callers and stuff. I was like, ooh, gentleman callers, you know. The only thing I remember about that play is that my high school English teacher that year, I think was like a failed actor. And so she played all the parts. We were supposed (laughs) to read the play out loud, but she just read all the parts. We just sat there and watched her have a conversation with herself. No, our teacher was nice enough to let us all read it out yeah. loud by ourselves in class. So, you know, it's great. A kid would get one word out. They would be like, and then she'd be like, let me take it over. And <laughs> then one of those, she's like, no, no, you're not really getting the emotion. You have to, to feel what she's feeling. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. Definitely had a drama teacher like that. Oh, so it's great. There's always one. Yeah. <laughs> um anyways, um thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. This was really fun. Yes. Uh, we talked about the movies a lot less than usual because we didn't really have notes, but um they're good. Go watch them. Yes, you won't get them confused. No, you would not. <laughs> no. There's very little in common. Yes. Very true. But they're both good in their own way. Yes. I love it. It's like children. <laughs> <laughs> Each one special in its own way. Yes. Well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at oh my Shelf, or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Hope you'll be here to listen. 